morning, Golden Dale, and hello to all of my fellow liberty-loving Americans all across the fruited plains from sea to shining sea. This is the host who loves you the most, Luke Throop, here on another terrific, tantalizing Tuesday. Friends, Torch Report 288, we will be covering mathematics, Antifa, and the fart of a dog. <laughs> What can we learn from the brazenly bizarre behavior of all of these lame brain liberals out there, friends? I think at the outset, we can just acknowledge that people are crazy. No big news flash there. Of course, you already know that, as many people do. Any intellectually honest human being can acknowledge that there's just a lot of people out there. If you look around, just kind of observe your surroundings. A lot of people out there are completely off their rocker. And in fact, friends, such mental instability is quickly becoming a a major crisis. I mean, if, if the streets of San Francisco or Portland or Seattle or any other major metro are not enough to uh, convince you that that something is wrong here, people are, are losing their touch with reality, whether it's drugs or or whatever the issue may be, you know, something's not right here. And according to John Hopkins University, more than one in four Americans now, that's 26%, are suffering from a diagnosable mental health disorder. In any given year, more than one out of four people are struggling to uh, stay connected and tethered to reality. The National Institute of Mental Health presents data that points out the people who are suffering the most are namely young adults, women, multiracial individuals, and quite shockingly, adolescents. Adolescents are suffering disproportionately. Uh, one in five, uh, I'm sorry, one, uh, 50%, one, one of every two, right? 49.5% of adolescents are struggling with diagnosable mental health disorders. That's uh, 30% of young adults, 25.8% of women, and 35.8% of multiracial individuals, if you're keeping track there. Again, all those stats coming straight out of the uh, NAMH.gov website. The data is based uh, on 2001 to 2004. And so the question is, what do you think's happened over the last 20 years? You think mental health has improved? No, of course not. Now, uh, just to be inclusive here, because I, I really want to support diversity, equity, and inclusion, not, uh, but just to point it out, uh, according to the National Alliance for Mental Health, they say that one, almost one in two queer folks are also exhibiting mental illness. That's 47.7%. Uh, so all of this empirical evidence, all of this statistical data, all the irrefutable facts wrought at the hands of the world's most competent scientists leads the inquiring mind of this curious peasant to several questions. Numero uno, primo, I must ask, what do women, children, young adults, multiracial minorities, and queer folks all have in common besides being statistically prone to mental illness? That's an honest question. What do they all have in common? You know, why are the second question is why are these groups suffering so disproportionately to other groups? Why all the disparity? You know, I mean, males only suffer 15 percent uh, more seasoned members of society age 50 and over, you know, only suffered 14.5% of, of mental illness diagnosable 
mental health disorders. So it, it's it's clearly a much higher percentage in women, children, young adults, multiracial minorities, and queer folks. Why is that? And then the third question I would posit for the listening audience here today is how do these disparities impact society as a whole? I mean, if we want to take a whole of society approach to deal with this burgeoning mental health crisis, we need to ask these questions. And I will share with you just a few of the more obvious answers that come to mind. You know, well, let's just say that women, children, young adults, multiracial minorities, and queer folks, that's F-O-L-X, by the way, if you're not reading folks, uh, (laughs) you know, these folks have been targeted with relentless propaganda, progressive propaganda for generations. Can anybody argue with that? Women, children, young adults, multiracial minorities, and queer folks have been targeted with relentless progressive propaganda for generations. So their minds have been under attack. I'm just pointing that out, okay? It may or may not correlate to the uh, significant statistical disparity in in, uh, diagnosable mental health disorders, but there could be a connection. Now, another potential connection is the fact that biologically speaking, Women's brains. Okay, okay, wait. Time out. Time out. Uh, this is a trigger alert. If there's any feminists listening anywhere in the world, this might really piss you off. <laughs> okay. Biologically speaking, women's brains are hardwired to respond more directly to negative emotions, whereas men's brains deploy a more quote evaluative response. Okay. Those are, that's a scientific article coming straight out of the NIH.gov. Okay. I'm not making this up. I'm not trying to be a chauvinistic pig. I'm just saying that men and women are hardwired different. Maybe that's why there's a lot more women with diagnosable mental health disorders or struggling with depression, etc. And similarly, the third thing I'd point out here, as far as the obvious answers are that children and young adults whose brains are still developing, and the science says that their brains are still developing until the mid to late 20s. So get that. All of the college-age students, all the way up to the PhD level, they still have developing brains. And these developing brains have yet to acquire the prefrontal cortex capacity to process life's complexities. That's why they're so malleable. That's why they can be taught that snow is black and they can never be convinced otherwise. They can be convinced that we're in an unprecedented existential climate crisis and we have to give all of the global elites all of the power in order to save the world. They can be convinced of that, friends. Now, as you know, of course, you know, feminists and progressives would shriek at these statements. What? The hypocrisy, blasphemy, you know, they're ready to burn me at the stake, I'm sure. But these things are true, are they not? I mean, if you doubt me, again, the truth you can trust, I put the links in there to all the government websites and the science that show this is the fact, okay? We're dealing with a lot of people who have mental health disorders. There is a disparaging a disparity that a disparaging disparity that indicates women, uh, youth, young adults, LGBTQ, multiracial, confused individuals are struggling. I, I back up. Time out. Time out. I do not mean to imply that multiracial people are uh, 
inherently confused. I'm multiracial. I'm a mutt. <laughs> okay. People say, what are you? You know, are you Italian? I don't know. Do I look Italian? You know, I'm a Mexican Indian. How that be? No friends. I am just an ignorant peasant. You know, <laughs> uh, at any rate, you know, the, the, if common sense doesn't allow someone to connect the dots, if you're having this conversation, they're just like, I don't believe it. I don't know. That's such crap. You know, just share the links with them. And as a matter of fact, there, I, I found this article out of Stanford University. It's written by a feminist PhD, Diane Halpern. She's the former president of the American Psychological Association, and she is among the top 2% of scientists all worldwide. I mean, you cannot find a more highly exalted feminist uh, psychologist to, to share this uh, illuminative passage here. It's a great wake-up call for the woke. Dr. Halpern says, quote, uh, in this article, she's talking about all of, all of the uh, disparities between men and women and all that. And she says, quote, at the time, it seemed to be clear to me that any between-sex differences in thinking abilities were due to socialization practices, artifacts, and mistakes in the research, and bias and prejudice. You know, it's all of this misogynist, chauvinistic, you know, male pigs in science. That's what it is. Anyway, continuing on, she says, after reviewing a pile of journal articles that stood several feet high and numerous books and book chapters that dwarfed the stack of journal articles, I changed my mind, period. End quote. Friends, lest we ever lose hope that a a stalwart feminist might change her mind, it's possible. Liberals can change their mind, too. And why did she change her mind? Well, she changed her mind because, as the good doctor discovered, quote, there was too much data pointing to the biological basis of sex-based cognitive differences to ignore, period, end quote. So she went through the pile, uh, the several feet high stacks of books and papers only to reveal the obvious that men and women are wired differently. How effing refreshing. But friends, we must ask, how does this prevalence for mental issues impact society as a whole. You know, the prevalence for mental issues among women, children, young adults, multiracial minorities, and queer folks, how is that impacting society as a whole? And now let me just cut to the chase here and sum it up in a single sentence. Are you ready for it? Boom. These people all get to vote. (laughs) You thought I was going to say the commies are taking over the world probably, but these people get to vote or at least they will get to vote someday soon. And if Democrats get their way, they're going to start being able to vote at age 16 with their, you know, highly undeveloped teenage brains. And what could possibly go wrong? Friends, <laughs> it's crazy. But just kind of taking it all in in stride here, when when we consider the political aspect of all of this, uh, young college age, young adults voting, pushing the progressive agenda, all of that, it should come as no surprise that the predators in the world are out there preying upon the women and the children, and they're preying upon other confused individuals. And what's sickening here is that these predators have convinced their victims that they care for them, that they're going to protect them from the evils of conservative values, traditional American values, traditional Christian values. Oh, we got to save you from all of the oppressive nature of the good book. You know, friends, this is the behavior of abusers, is it not? 
abusers prey upon people and tell them that it's for their own good, that they're going to protect them. Okay? People are being abused here. That's what's driving this mental health crisis. That's my opinion. You know, That's why so many people are suffering from mental illness. I can see it no other way. And that is not okay. But I really, as much as I would really like to connect this to the UN adaptation agenda, yeah, they're pushing adaptation, and, and and just in the moment, I think about that in terms of neuroplasticity and and young, budding young minds. Uh, I also want to connect this to the, the they're targeting our children. I've I've written about this at length. I did put a couple of links to some prior reports in there. Torch Report two twenty three, the adaptation agenda, and Torch Report two o four, how they target our children. But for today, I want to pivot back to the news and a few, uh, <laughs> I mean, amazingly absurd headlines. Let's just start with this silly one from a fresh article on mathematics. Now, for those of uh, who are not reading along, mathematics is spelt M-A-T-H-E-M-A-T-X. Just like the folks are F-O-L-X, we're talking about mathematics. Uh, <laughs> and what is mathematics? Well, let, let's, let's just uh, get right down to it here. I'll quote from this article, the inability of students of color to perform well in math indeed is connected to the way that math is being taught. But that is because math itself is white. So trying to get students up to the standard in white math is white supremacist and should be stopped. Period. End quote. Friends, lest you're quick to dismiss the fact that math is white and getting students of color up to standard in white math is white supremacist. If you, <laughs> if you want to just laugh that off, I have to say these words are coming from Dr. Rochelle Gutierrez of the University of Illinois, and she is responsible for educating the educators. She is teaching future teachers how not to be a white supremacist by teaching white math to children of color. And again, before you laugh this off, just realize there are plenty of people in the world who are crazy enough to believe this crap, okay? Uh, but that's honestly not the worst of our problems. Evidently, you know, the precipitous decline in actual mathematics, not mathematics, but mathematics, uh, it, it's led to a very serious miscalculation, serious miscalculation, because after shipping billions of dollars in military equipment to Ukraine, now it turns out we don't have enough weapons to fight China. So you see how this woke agenda of mathematics is affecting us, uh, our, our military readiness in the and right here, right now. And you may recall me raising this issue of not having enough weapons uh, back in Torch Report 281, the distractions of the disarming America. And in that report, I also discussed the weakening of American might, military might, via the woke indoctrination. It's confusing people. It's making them mentally feeble and unstable. 
And yet people are crazy enough to believe that these woke war fighters are the wave of the future. You know, our military leaders are are clamoring, you know, to give troops the order to stand down while they rid the ranks of racists and extremists and all of these violent white, you know, white supremacists, right wing extremists and all that. You know, they're doing this because, according to the military leaders, quote, systemic racism is one of our greatest national security challenges, period, end quote. Friends, friends, please note, it's not China, it's not Russia, it's systemic racism that's the greatest national security challenge. Okay, I got it. Wow, you know, never mind the fact that Russian warships armed with hypersonic missiles are now joining the Chinese fleet off the tip of South America. Or the fact that the Chinese Communist Party is supplying the Russian military's ongoing war in Ukraine. Who cares that the Ukrainian officials are burning through billions of U.S. taxpayer dollars, buying up luxury mansions and sports cars while their troops are being marched off to slaughter? The greatest national security threat of all is to stop systemic racism. Again, friends, it's uh, (laughs) people believe this crap, you know. Uh, of course, some people just aren't paying attention, but it just, it's really something to set with when you realize how many people are mentally disturbed enough to accept whatever spoon fed propaganda comes across their screen. How many people do you think are distracted by headlines like space is running out of space, says the experts. It could end in war. That's an actual headline and a very well read and reputable source. You know, how about the Earth's core has stopped and may be reversing direction, study says. Oh my gosh, the Earth's core stopped. Oh my God, we're destroying the planet. <sighs> or this one. This one is great. This is gold, friends. An intersectional climate scientist goes on rant against white men and compares pollution to the fart of a dog. The fart of a dog. (laughs) I mean, I just, I'm just going to let you read the quip for yourself. This is coming from another well-educated woman, the highly esteemed Jedi woman of color, Dr. Chandler Purity. I wonder if that's her Christian name. Dr. Chandler Purity states, quote, I am a climate scientist. Okay, so you have this three-legged dog. The three-head dog. Now, the heart of this dog is CO2, okay? Carbon dioxide. White scientists are telling us that the reason that every time we send someone in to get the sorcerer's stone, the cure to climate change, from under the trap door is to make the room smell less like farts instead of to get rid of the dog entirely. (laughs) Period, end quote. I can't even, you can't make this stuff up, friends. No wonder some 60% of college students feel so very, very worried about climate change because nobody likes the smell of the fart of a dog. (laughs) And that's what really connects with the, uh, the budding young minds in today's institutions of higher learning. But friends, lest you think I'm just making fun, Please understand that this is not just an American issue. This is a global phenomenon. Just look at the news. Young people's climate anxiety revealed in a landmark survey that claims children feel let down by their governments all around the world, leading to a large percentage of them to feel very or even extremely worried 
uh, about climate change. And this is in countries like the Philippines, 84%, India, 68%, Brazil, 67%, and Portugal, 65% of the young people are, are very worried about climate change, extremely worried. How about another article? Young people are anxious about climate change and say governments are failing them. All these poor young people, you know, this this article carries the tune even further. They say, how are young people coping with climate change? And the answer, according to one study, is not well. And for good reason, according to NPR, governments failing to address climate change is directly affecting the mental health of young people, period. End quote. Wow, friends, these kids are incredibly worried. In fact, 77% say that they consider the future to be so frightening that they don't even know what to do about it. You know, oh my gosh, they're going to just dye their hair purple and change their gender. I guess that's the only way to cope with the fact that they can't do anything about climate change because their governments are letting them down. Friends, they agree that humanity is doomed unless we forfeit all of our sovereignty and freedom to the great global socialist surveillance state. And I just want to put one more in here just to drive the point home and tease out some language. I know I'm going a few minutes long, but I think you like it. Okay. So for a generation, uh, for a new generation of college students, climate change isn't political. It's a lived reality. It's a lived reality. Let those words just drip off your lips. Tune into those words because you're going to be hearing them a lot more between now and 2030. Uh, this lived reality stuff. You see the so-called climate crisis. That's not political. It's a lived reality. And what do you think those words actually mean? What do you think those words mean to an indoctrinated college student with an undeveloped brain? You know, I'll tell you what they mean, friends. The, the words lived reality mean that what they think has become their reality. And because they are living within this lived reality, which is in fact a carefully constructed illusion built on misleading language and bunk science, these kids can no longer make the distinction between what they think and what is actual matter of factual reality. That's the unfortunate situation, friends. They can no longer distinguish between a whiff of science and the fart of a dog. And they vote accordingly. <laughs> Zoinks, you know. Oh, and just to pull the gloves off here and go bare knuckles for a minute, friends. Why do you think the globalists are building their new world order on the backs of women and children? The answer is simple. They are more easily manipulated into believing this crap, and they are more easily persuaded to passionately advocate for their abusers to have more power. It's sick. It's twisted. But just consider, friends, just consider the latest round of Antifa violence, wherein a bunch of warped 20-year-olds who self-identify as forest defenders, okay, they're defending the forest, okay, they have taken to using explosives and shooting cops to advance their radical, idiotic agenda. And then consider the fact that their equally indoctrinated medium cohorts are blaming the violence on the cops. You cannot get much more incongruent with reality than that. It's, it's, it's sad, but it's no wonder these punks show no more, no remorse. I mean, they don't care. They believe, you know, even though a half dozen or so they're charged with domestic terrorism and all that, they believe with utter conviction that they are morally justified to violently defend the environment, whatever that may mean. All right. All right. Just let the implications sink in here. 
because while these unfortunate fools continue to build their ranks and run amok, there's very little attention given to the fact that these disturbed young adults, they're all pretty much in their 20s, early 30s, they want to destroy America. They want to destroy the American dream. Tucker Carlson uh, came right out and called Antifa what it was. He said it was the armed militia of the Democrat Party. And that's true. But but few people realize who these people are and where their roots come from. And I'm going to put a couple of links here in the report today. And it just, I'll read here. It says, quote, the Communist Party of Germany established the paramilitary uh, anti-shavishavisha. <laughs> I can't read German. But it was the forerunner of today's Antifa. And then... The American League Against War and Fascism was established by the Communist Party USA in 1933. So they've been around a long time. Antifa is a Marxist organization, and it can be traced back to the commie underground and the Soviet Union over 100 years ago. Okay? Not surprisingly, friends, their primary tactics are decidedly communist. Straight out of the Communist Manifesto. They deploy deceit and violence. Uh, another quote from that article Anthony Mueller, a German economist, wrote that the Antifa movement uses false terminology to hide its true agenda. Does that sound familiar? While they call themselves anti-fascist, Antifa is itself a foremost fascist movement, period, end quote. Thank you, uh, Anthony Mueller, for pointing that out. Friends, given these historical facts and their continual idiotic outrage, one might wonder, how many of these poor Antifa thuggers struggle with the mathematics or some other form of mental illness? You know, I only ask because they seem wholly incapable of distinguishing their anti-fascist asses, their fantasies from the dank reality of the fart of a dog. <laughs> How's that for an objective metric, friends? People are crazy. That is an objective fact that becomes more apparent by the day. And note to the wise, none of this is by accident. And that is the message in my heart for today. Friends, if you're enjoying this podcast please take the time to find that little heart click that heart and give me some love subscribe if you have not subscribed already and of course the greatest honor of all is if you share this very entertaining and informative podcast with everyone you know get out there and embrace this terrific tuesday and i'll look forward to talking to you again soon